This is the Architecture and Innovation Podcast by Syraclad, featuring one-on-one interviews with designers, contractors, city managers, and civic leaders, as well as thought leaders committed to sustainability, innovation, and solutions that are attractive, affordable, and create healthy living environments. Our podcast eliminates the challenges, breakthroughs, and proven solutions brought to industries, organizations, and our communities. The Architecture and Innovation Podcast is underwritten by Syraclad. The Syraclad Rainscreen Fiber Cement Siding System, a proven track record of performance in Japan for nearly 40 years. Zero chemicals, triple coated and factory finished color layering. The ceramic and photocatalytic coat provides 365 day self-cleaning and a 20 year fade limited warning. This high performance siding system serves as an honored innovation with parent company Panasonic and Kubota. For more information, please visit Syraclad.com. For our guest today, we're we're honored and uh, and excited to welcome Jenna Knudsen, co-architects, principal of co-architects. They're a 2023 National AIA Award winners. Jenna has led award-winning large-scale academic laboratory and healthcare projects nationwide on university and healthcare campuses. Her ground breaking projects are innovative in design, sustainability, and project delivery. She's also been nationally recognized for the early use of BIM and integrated delivery. For more information, feel free to visit their website at coarchitects.com. That's coarchitects.com. Jenna, welcome to your show today. Thank you very much for being here. Really happy to talk with you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jenna, we like to start our show off with a quote or, or a mantra or a thought that uh, you may have personally or professionally that gives a, a bit of an essence for the audience to not just gauge your terrific accomplishments, but also you as a person. Sure. Um, I, I would say it's personally and professionally. Um, there's a quote by Audrey Hepburn that I like which is, um, I love people who make me laugh. I honestly think it's the thing I like most to laugh. It cures a multitude of ills, and it's probably the most important thing in a person. Um, And when I kind of reflect on uh, the people that I hold close to me, um, probably what is in common with all of them is that uh, they can laugh, they can make me laugh. And um, I think it's, re- it's really important. Uh, we do serious work, um, but we can't take ourselves too seriously. Well, on that segue of taking yourself too serious, you, 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 Co-Architects has certainly achieved quite a, a, a number of awards. So that taking yourself seriously, but lightly, um, that's like an art and a science, would you say? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I think what we sort of say that um, about our culture, which is we do serious work, but we like to have fun doing it. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, a fine line. How does that fine line become a baseline, really? Because it almost has to to achieve what it is that you um, you've achieved. How do you make it a standard? Yeah, well, I think, um, you know, the types of work, the types of projects that we do um, for healthcare clients and and, um, 
research institutions, it's, it's serious work, right? They're, um, uh, these are, you know, kind of can be life and death um, situations or, um, you know, trying to um, cure, you know, some of the, uh, uh, our, our world's, you know, sort of greatest challenges. Um, so we understand that. And, um, you know, we know that um, the work that happens in the buildings that we do is really important, that um, we're probably the least smartest people in the room, <laughs> often when we're, um, when we're meeting, um, you know, with some really incredible people. Um, and, but, but that doesn't mean that we, you know, we can't have fun. And I think just inherently collaborating and working with other people is, is fun, right? It's kind of when you're, you sort of get in your own head um, that, that, that maybe um, you need to sort of get, get out of that space and, and go work with others and, um, and collaborate together on solutions. And, and I think that's probably the magic of that. How is that for you and a company to work with, uh, people as, as uh, you know, who have exacting standards and still keep that all in play while having a fun time. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's like, like anything um, we're not starting from scratch, right? We're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but we're always trying to improve. And so, um, you know, I think it's kind of understanding who is the client? What do they do? Um, you know, what what it, what is the building or the spaces? Um, you know, what is the responsibility of that in service of what they do? And um, and then I think, you know, it becomes a very collaborative dialogue with with them as well. How? What is your view on sustainability? I know you, obviously it's a it's a major factor and culture part of your culture but what is your you know specific view on sustainability yeah i i I think we um we have been uh moving the needle and we need to continue to do that and and personally uh i i think that the kinds of buildings we do for example a hospital uh 365 days a year you know 24 7 um those are challenging building types mm. um, with which to find energy savings, but absolutely necessary. And for example, we just, um, we have a, a new hospital for UC Irvine, okay. um, which is the first all electric hospital um, in the nation. Is that so right? That's an all electric? Yeah. Wow. Share with us that experience, if you will. Yeah. So that, so um, I think together with the client, just um, really looking for uh, the possibility of eliminating, eliminating natural, natural gas. And um, so starting early, um, this is a design build project. So working very closely with, uh, with the builder and, um, and their team and the design team and um, really working through the kind of scenario of, um, of what would that, what would that look like in a healthcare environment? What's the response, not just from the uh, the immediate community of UC Irvine, but even just uh, every everyone? What's been the if you if you don't mind sharing, if even if it is yeah, a I mean the project is under construction, so okay. it'll be completed in a in a couple of years. Um, but certainly, I think many are looking uh, looking to that project 
um, as um, as a leader in you know in where uh, we could and should be going. Yeah, uh, this is this may be a real big general question, and you don't have to answer it. But I'm curious: Do you see foresee healthcare and universities moving more towards all electric buildings? Uh, it's definitely in in the dialogue. There's okay. definitely a recognition that um, you know we need to be looking at alternatives to gas. And doing so, how how does it feel to be a leader in that? Because uh, not everyone wants to um, be so bold, so to speak. Yeah, I think um, again, it kind of goes to the growth mindset, right? Like, what what can we be doing? Um, we work on a you know a certain set of projects, and so with each new project, you you know sort of are looking at what are the um, you know what are the most pressing issues. Um, facing, you know, society, the institution, um, how has uh, technology uh, improved in order to allow us to do something uh, improved or different? And um, and I think our motto is innovate early. So you really got to start right, you know, at the onset of a project with the builder, with the client, you know, what are our goals? What do we want to try to do that's different? And let's make sure that it's possible within the budget, within the schedule, within within the goals, um, so that you you kind of get that, you know, that messy iterative part um, understood as early as possible. Innovate early. Is that something that you came up with it or is it something that it, it's a, a part of your culture or you think the industry that's what they want is to innovate early yeah i think it's part of our culture i don't know if i can claim the <laughs> the rights to the to the term but um you know if i think back on uh our our kind of introduction and really leap forward in building information modeling, which is going back 20 years now, um, that, you know, was about getting in to a three-dimensional built environment together with the builder at a time where that was not very common, uh, not very common at all, and especially not in healthcare. Um, and, you know, kind of creating a transparent environment where they could uh, understand the design concepts, where the owner, you know, had the ability to participate, um, sort of really purely transparent. And I think a lot through uh, that process, we really learned that, um, having the right people at the table early allows you to get that input and bake it into the budget and the design um, and understand, you know, any constructability uh, challenges um, as opposed to doing that all in a bubble and then putting out a set of documents and, you know, having, um, you know, getting all the feedback at that time. So I think, you know, it's kind of been over the years um, really thinking about what works, what, what has worked for us in terms of um, achieving innovation on projects. Fascinating show. You're listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. We're talking today with Jenna Knudsen, the Managing Principal of Co-Architects.
For more information, please visit coarchitects.com. That's coarchitects.com. That, uh, what works? Is that somewhat also a theme of you? Is like, what has worked for us and what may work? Because it's uh, just in my observation of the projects you've done, there's a certain boldness to what your uh, what the outcome is. is is am i off or no there is there, there's a little bit of a fearlessness to go we're gonna we're gonna take a real good crack at this yeah i, I don't know if that's how we would say we approach it um it's interesting to hear you know your um what you what you feel is the result mm-hmm. i think we approach every project with sort of client first, um, context, climate, um, and, and, and program really. And so if you kind of take those four things, the results should be different, you know, for every, for every building, um, because those are so different, uh, depending on, you know, if you're building in Arizona or, or you're building in, you know, in Northern California. Yeah. How do you take that into account? Is there a, without, giving your special sauce, how you gauge your clients and you gauge who will be you know, you'll either living or being in your buildings and you start from the human element. That's another one. I think you start, it sounds like you start, you start from the human person outward, not just the building and then inward. Is that yeah, exactly. It's kind of all of it, right? Okay. In, in, out. Um, but yes, I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't go in and sort of presume this is, you know, this is what the building um, should look like. And, and then, you know, let's shove all the, all the program in it. Um, you know, it, it's really understanding uh, how, how the client works. And that's from, a, you know, kind of initial visioning, you know, what are the, what's the vision uh, for this project? But then really observing and understanding, um, you know, kind of all of the various users. Our, our projects have many stakeholders. Um, and so, you know, understanding if whether it's, you know, departments within a, within a medical center or, you know, different types of students within a health, within a health um, sciences uh, teaching building, um, it's really sort of speaking with all the constituents. Um, you know, we will sort of ask for groups um, of of users to um, with which we will meet, and then it's distilling what we heard, and um, and you know, kind of looking for what are the opportunities um, within, again, kind of you know, the goals, the vision, um, the program, and um, and the specific location. And, and climate, right? That goes back to sustainability. So what, you know, what's, what's, what's appropriate, um, you know, sort of both passive and active um, for a given site. Ideal client. Do you have, I don't know if it's an ideal client, but if, is there a common thread from say your last, your clients in the last two to three years that, that you can describe? And it may be a general question, but is there, is there kind of, of a commonality of your client base? I, I mean, we, we will often say we work for mission-driven clients. Um, and so again, I think when we have a client who um, 
is, you know, sort of has a larger vision and the building serves that vision. Um, I think that fits well with the way we work. Um, we do like to, you know, generate options and, and ask lots of questions. And, um, and so I think a client that is open to that, that type of process uh, is, you know, is certainly, I think we provide more value to. Without revealing your intellectual property, can you, is there a, a mental, maybe even a physical or tangible process that you work with when you first meet with the prospective client to when you begin the project? And again, I don't want to, you to give away your intellectual property, but if, well, if there most is most of our most of our projects are won through um, through a quals based process. So we okay. have to submit you know submit proposal and qualifications, and we have to um, interview for almost every every project that we um, undertake. So that's certainly you know kind of the initial the initial. Uh, part of of winning the work. I think once we we win it, um, then again, it's really you know kind of understanding the the mission and vision and um, suggesting you know potential ways that they would be organized. Most of our projects, we will go through a programming phase, so there is a kind of phase about vetting out the program and um, and the conceptual design um, before we you know launch into the um, into the schematic design. Um, one tool that we have developed in-house, uh, we have a group, a digital technology group um, that, uh, that helps us generate tools um, for any number of, um, of things that we're trying to, <laughs> to solve. And, um, and so we have a dashboard that we've created uh, that will really shortcut um, the programming process. And so um, through, you know, having done a number of these projects, we've sort of created for different project types. Um, so I'll use like a, a medical school, for example, asks a series of questions. And then based on the answers to those questions, it spits out what we would call a straw program. It's, um, it's visual. So it gives you a pie chart, you know, here's how many classrooms you have. Here's the, you know, uh, learning studios, here's offices. Um, and it could, you know, we, it could sort of suggest uh, adjacencies. And then we have benchmarking information in there as well. So, um, you know, based on the data that we have, here's how one compares. And that is a great tool um, that is allowing us to really get to the um, to a, a kind of starting point of a conversation with a client um, very early and then change the answer and we can show you sort of right away, you know, how that changes. And so that's taken a process, you know, that could have taken weeks and, you know, you can do it in a couple of hours. Um, and again, we're not saying this is the program, but, you know, how, how do you sort of shortcut, you know, using technology, how do you shortcut um, the processing and get to um, the discussion? That qual's based, how has it changed if it's changed in the say the last two or three years? 
for presenting for projects? Well, we, we, we see a lot more design build. Um, okay. And so I think that's certainly a change in, um, in the, in the environment um, that, you know, we're often paired with a contractor in, in order to, um, and, and submitting our calls together, right. In order to um, go after a project. Um, I think over, you know, probably more than a few years, but um, over the last, you know, decade, um, clients really want to be involved in the process and they want to know the people that they're going to work with. And so it's really important who's in the room at an interview that they're going to be involved in, in the project. Um, and that, you know, you're hopefully making some connections. You're listening to the architecture and innovation podcast. Our guest today is we're honored to be with Jenna Knudsen, the managing principal of Co Architects. For more information, feel free to visit them at their website, on their website, at coarchitects.com. That's coarchitects.com. Our public service announcement for today's show is from Leaderflow. The architecture, engineering, and construction industry, like many others, has broad goals to achieve a higher level of diversity, equity, and inclusion. Historically, the industry has been significantly underrepresented by diverse leadership, and there are still challenges with retaining diverse talent. Leaderflow, for more information, feel free to visit their website at leaderflow.org. Again, that's leaderflow.org. Jenna, can you share with us why uh, Leaderflow matters much to you and your organization? Sure. Well, I'm I'm in I'm in the AC industry, and so um, you know certainly firsthand understand the um, the need to continue to accelerate diversity um, in that industry, and um, and I think what Leaderflow has done, and it was um, sort of the brainchild of a friend and collaborator, John Gavin, is to really think about accelerating leadership. Um, and so it's not necessarily just um, hiring diverse people and um, and then having to wait, right? It's, um, it's accelerating leadership development. And so um, co-architects and myself personally have, um, have had the opportunity to um, participate in in some of the curriculum. It's a seven month curriculum, and um, and we have had a number of employees uh, go through the program, um, and all of them have found it to be sort of transformational. Um, and so I think it's a and it's scaling. Uh, it started in Los Angeles, and so moving moving to um, a number of different cities. And and so I think it's a a really great program to um, to really focus on leadership development um, and diversity. The clients. I'm going to go back to what you had said uh, before our uh, reintroduction. The clients want to be involved in the process or in the project. Is that more so now than it has been in the last three to five years? Or is, is it always been that way in your experience? 
I think it's not becoming less <laughs> of, okay. um, of a desire. Um, and I think with, you know, maybe it's chicken and egg, um, but I think uh, either the tools have allowed it or um, we needed to create tools with which to engage. Um, it's probably a little bit of both. But I think, uh, again, kind of going to um, three-dimensional modeling and then, um, you know, kind of moving from just static renderings, um, of which I think we're doing much more three-dimensional um, materials with which uh, during design um, to make design decisions. Um, and, and then, you know, kind of the integration of, um, you know, potentially augmented reality and virtual reality and really just, you know, sort of engaging uh, those who are making the decisions or the, and or those who will actually occupy the spaces um, to provide them more than, you know, what we did many years ago, which was an architectural floor plan. Yeah. How well received is that from your clients when you're that involved and that, that engaged with them? How are they receiving that? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's very um, well received for, for those who, who want that involvement. And, and I would say most of our clients do. Um, and so to be able to um, see, you know, see the building um, or the spaces um, more accurately depicted, mm -hmm. you know, results in, in noticing things. Sometimes it's, you know, it's a little messy. You're trying to, um, you know, we're doing a lot of work where we have um, a shared three-dimensional model, a shared BIM model with, uh, with, of course, our consultants, but often the contractors, mm -hmm. um, the, the subs. And so, you know, you can, you can generate a view and it looks really polished and, you know, and then there could be a fire sprinkler coming through a light fixture. And, um, and so, you know, it takes a little bit of kind of understanding that, um, it's the process is a little messy because everybody's playing in the same sandbox, but <laughs> would we rather find that in a model, you know, in a view than, than find it in, in the building. So I think mean, it just, you know, it's kind of created greater and greater levels of coordination. Um, but it also takes a little bit of getting used to um, because things might show up in drawings um, or views that are a surprise. Are you at Liberty to share how accurate the BIM models are to actually when it's done. If there's a percentage, if you've ever quantified, we do it here. This is when we get to it in actual real time, it's really accurate. Like it's on point almost. Is it, is there, or is there a percentage you've ever said, well, yeah, I say 95 or 98 or, or. Yeah, that's hard to quantify. We've never yeah. looked at it from a percentage. I will say that, it's not accurate if you don't have everybody in there. Okay, so, really? Okay. You know, it's kind of as accurate as as the missing the missing partner. So if you know if the design team is is modeling, um, you know MEP and architectural and structural, but nobody's modeling fire sprinklers, you know, then 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 that's going to be they're going to come in and and at some point, you know, hey, where do I go? Uh, there's no room for me here. So um, I, I think it's becoming more and more um, accurate. 
I guess, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, with, with the engagement of more and more participants. That, uh, the accuracy and the, that, that level of engagement, what is, I'll segue with this, what kind of sort of legacy would you like, if you were to stand back or away from co-architects, what kind of legacy would you like to see it achieve or experience or be viewed as? For me, I, I think when I look back from where I'm standing right now, um, I feel very proud that we have such great partnerships with our with with builders. Um, I think the industry has not always been that way, and um, you know, is often kind of structured for the architect and the contractor to, you know, to be against each other. And, um, and I think that has really evolved. Um, I've been a big proponent of that um, through, you know, through building information modeling that, that that's really becomes the opportunity to better collaborate and, and we can all have better outcomes. Um, you know, all stakeholders can have better outcomes um, through, through that process. Um, you know, whether uh, that's kind of, you know, prefabrication for some of the subs or better cost predictability or early procurement or, you know, schedule um, and I think sustainable outcomes and, and, and innovative design. So um, for me, I think it's, it's, you know, I hope there's a part that I played in, in kind of changing the dynamics of how the architect and the builder um, collaborate in the best interest of the project. Outstanding. Jenna, it's been a, an honor and pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You've been listening to the Architecture and Innovation Podcast. Our guest has been Jenna Knudsen, the Managing Principal of Co-Architects, 2023 National AIA Award winners. Jenna's led award-winning large-scale academic laboratory and healthcare projects nationwide on university and healthcare campuses. Her groundbreaking projects are innovative in design, sustainability, and project delivery. Again, Jenna's also been nationally recognized for her early use of BIM and integrated delivery. For more information, feel free to visit their website at coarchitects.com. Again, coarchitects.com. The executive producer and host of the Architecture and Innovation Podcast brought to you by Cireclad is yours truly, Tom Dioro. Our chief audio engineer is Eris Chikopoulos. We look forward to you joining us again next time. Thank you for listening. Cireclad is a high-performance fiber cement siding system in one size with triple coat technology and 365 days of self-cleaning along with a 20-year fade limited warranty. Cireclad also offers hundreds of design options. For more information, feel free to visit cireclad.com.